Hello, friends. Welcome to Mavs Moneyball After Dark. This is Kirk Henderson and Josh Bo coming to you at 10.30 p.m. on Friday, November 4th. How are you doing, Josh? Uh, I'm doing pretty good, except uh finally ran into the Bally Sports app demon tonight. So uh, you're definitely going to be more helpful on this podcast than I am. Well, if, trying if to figure out who had a worse night, um, the, the Raptors defense or the Bally Sports support Twitter account, which is literally just repeating the same reply to everyone yelling at them for the last three hours about their app being down. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's, that's the struggle. That's the struggle of kicking something like this off. They're going to have to work that sort of thing out. But so for those who weren't able to watch the game, the Dallas Mavericks and Toronto Raptors played probably what I would define as one of my favorite NBA games of the year so far. Uh, the Mavericks obviously won by one point. They held off the Raptors. Uh, they played, but it, it was just a really fun back and forth affair where the first quarter looked like the Mavericks might might have some trouble with the Raptors. Only Luka Doncic turned into Luka Doncic and held them off. The second quarter saw the Dallas bench unit really, really play well. Uh, led by Christian Wood and Josh Green, uh, they got all they they extended the lead up to nine points, and due just to a lack of stoppage in play, Luka Doncic didn't return until the four minute mark. Uh, the Mavericks carried a pretty good lead into halftime. Uh, what was it here? It was a, it was only a five point lead, sixty two to fifty seven. Um, but the third quarter saw saw the Mavericks blow up the Raptors. A number of offensive foul calls on the Raptors. There were just some weird refing this game. Uh, allowed Dallas to kind of get a jump on the Raptors. They scored like 11 straight to start. The Raptors didn't really recover during the period. Uh, the, the Mavericks pretty much burned them to the ground, extending the lead all the way to 19 by the middle of the frame only for the Raptors to sort of try to chip back away at, at the at the Mavericks. They started sending doubles at Luka Doncic, and then the rest of the Mavericks really picked up the pace and basically extended the lead from like it was like an eight to nine point lead all the way to 15 heading into the fourth. In the fourth quarter, it was a pretty much a role reversal of the third where Spencer Dinwiddie picked up two offensive fouls and a technical there was another offensive foul uh, on Tim Hardaway Jr., which Jason Kidd challenged for some reason, even though it was pretty obvious. Uh, the lead got all the, the Raptors basically worked the lead all the way down to three points, um, even missing Pascal Siakam, who was ruled out with a groin injury. Uh, but the Mavericks somehow uh, escaped, essentially. They extended, they went into sort of a prevent offense, which we all hate. Uh, Luca taking a couple of bad threes. But the Mavericks kept getting offensive rebounds after they hadn't been able to get any all game. And they more or less won a free throw shooting contest with the Raptors. Uh, OG Ananobi hit a three well after it, you know, with three seconds left, even though the Mavericks were up four. Uh, so the Mavericks uh, held off Toronto 110, I'm sorry, 111 to 110. So with Josh, you know, kind of unable to see a ton of the game, that's sort of your your play-by-play recap. But you know, from from what you were able to to take away from the spots you were able to watch, what were what were you what were you thinking from this game? I thought a couple things were interesting. Um, the Mavericks having eighteen turnovers feels like a lot. Nineteen with uh, the team one. Oh yeah, nineteen. Okay, I edited that's a that lot for them. Thing. They usually <laughs> average about twelve. Yep. 
Uh, and usually that's like the recipe, like Toronto is not a half court team. They want to cause havoc and get on the break. So the fact that the Mavericks were able to commit that many turnovers and win shows they're, you know, they're pretty adaptable elsewhere. I mean, and the Raptors killed them on the glass. The Raptors had 18 offensive rebounds. <coughs> and it's really funny because they had 18 offensive rebounds. Yet the Mavericks had three in the fourth quarter alone, which kind of, was the reason why they were able to close out the game, despite the fact that they basically made zero shots in the fourth quarter. So yep. I, I thought it was interesting that this game didn't follow necessarily the Mavericks' preferred game flow or script, and they were still able to play well enough not not only to win, but they were pretty comfortably winning going into the fourth. So that kind of allowed them, like they were allowed to have a bad quarter and still win the game because of, all the work that they put in in quarters, you know, one through three. So I think that's probably the takeaway for me because really we've seen this team win when they win games, they follow a certain style. It's, it's slow, grimy, half court efficiency with Luca running the show. And I know Luca still ran the show and they still did some good things in the half court, but Toronto wanted to muck this game up and, and get out on the break. And the Mavericks were like, okay, we can, we'll, we'll run with you. And And I feel like, uh, it probably helps that they didn't have, you know, JaVale McGee. This was not a JaVale McGee game. And thankfully he didn't start and he only played four minutes. Like this, the pace that the Raptors want to play at, I don't think would have done very well for what we've seen from McGee. So they made the lineup change. The lineup looked good. I don't have too many qualities. Like the rotation felt pretty stable. The guys that made impacts were allowed to stay on the floor for a little bit. I know some Mavs fans are going to disagree probably about Christian Woods minutes, but at least when he played, he got shots and he scored as opposed to what we've seen from some other games. So I don't know. It felt This felt like, a you know, the Raptors are a good team. So this felt like a pretty, pretty feel good win uh, after, you know, after where they were after losing that Thunder game. Oh, I certainly think so. I mean, the, you, you want to really enjoy like a, a game like the Grizzlies win, but they just so thoroughly beat the Grizzlies from the opening tip. It's hard to sort of take too much away from that one. This was a game where I feel like I learned a lot about who the Mavericks want to be. Uh, and it's interesting because you brought up like McGee going to the bench. McGee only played four minutes, but the unit that they ran out there was massive. Where Tim Hardaway is basically the shortest guy at six foot five. You got Dinwiddie out there, Josh Green, and then Wood and McGee. And, you know, McGee played four minutes. He made, he scored two, two baskets. And there was just like, like a lot of activity, a lot of limbs. Um, it felt like a completely different way of, of playing basketball for the Mavericks because everything Luca does is fairly methodical. You know, he gets a rebound, he surveys the floor. No, no, not this, not this stretch, particularly to, to start the, the first half of the second quarter where, you know, you get a thunderous Josh Green run out dunk. Um, there was, there was just like a lot of different styles of, of play, you know, Dinwiddie, I still don't know what to make of Dinwiddie. He's obviously having a heck of a season shooting 43% from three tonight was probably his best all around game where he's had some really good scoring games, but it's been in games where he's in the game and the Mavericks getting crushed. Uh, and, and, you know, he, tonight he finished with a, he was a, what was he here? Oh, yeah. This is hard. Zero. <laughs> yeah, plus zero. Some of that came in the final minutes, but you know, 21 points, seven assists. He made some nice kind of second play, uh, second passer type things. He's really I like the shots where he just, you know, catches and shoots. So it was it was one of these games where I I I'm probably reading into things too much, but considering how 
I mean, if we're just going to be honest, considering how mid a couple of the regular starters were in this game, I'm not, I, I just, I'm I, or, uh, rotation players, not starters. I, I just walk away from this one feeling pretty pleased because the Raptors are a good basketball team. Yeah, for sure. And I think the only thing that's like a cause for concern or your level of cause for concern is basically your confidence level in Luka Doncic continuing to be the best basketball player in the NBA because, I mean, 35 points on 15 shots. He was incredible again. And while he did take a couple of threes, you might have winced at, he's still been pretty conservative. He took a, he took a catch and shoot three. He yeah. took an honest-to-God catch and shoot three, and it looked like a layup. It, <laughs> it's one of those the shots where it's like, okay, well, why don't you do this more when you get these? Right. And it's just, it's got to be a rhythm thing for him. I mean, looking ahead, they have a hilariously interesting path in November where, you know, you said, can, can, you know, who's, can Luca keep this up? The short answer to me is absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) It's, I mean, this was the game. He, if, if this was the game, like he was supposed to maybe hit a speed bump with Toronto's really good defense, they've got, all the types of players that like to bother Luca. Nick Nurse is a defensive, you know, he's a defensive-minded coach, and mm-hmm. he's still 10 of 15 from the floor, 35 points. I mean, he was 7-11 on two-pointers. Like He was remarkably efficient. Because yeah. one of the things that happened, and shout-out to Matthew Phillips, who was at the game, pointed this out to me. It's something that I probably would notice more. When, I, when I'm taking notes mid-game, I'm, I'm just sort of, furiously writing things down i end up like taking two to three pages of notes and then i don't even look at them for my recap it's pretty ridiculous but one of the things that happened in that third quarter when luca came out and was the mavericks were just just slowly ripping the uh ripping them apart is they started to really junk up his looks where they were sending late doubles which is something that has all like traditionally has vexed luca but and you'll see this, you know. I want you to mark this down. In the in the first, I think it's first quarter. Yeah, first quarter, they send a double at him as he's going to the right side, and he uses a spin move from on the perimeter that had me just like laughing because it's the kind of spin he tends to use primarily once he's in the key. So it just kind of looked funky out on the right wing, and whips a ball across to Tim Hardaway, who just buries a wide open three, and. The, he he was yeah i started telling one story and then told another in the third quarter he he basically started using outlets as we've seen him use you know he finds the 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 uh the guy who runs the top of the key to help break the doubles in a lot of cases maxi kleba and it was just it's just great because kleba was making the right pass the it's nice to see other mavericks step up where to date, I, I still don't think we've really seen a complete offensive performance from this team because Reggie Bullock just looks like he did at the start of last year. Um, I don't know. It's it's really something. It's really, really something to watch. Yeah, like I felt impressive, but like I'm again, the game probably it, the game feels different than me just looking at the box score afterwards since I wasn't able to watch enough of it. But like Maxi was one of like Maxi scored two points, only made one shot. Hardaway was two of eight, only six points. Bullock, one of seven, two points. Like, the balance is still, like, really weird. And and you wonder how sustainable, like, you know, if Luka is still, like, Luka can still play well and score, like, 27 points. And if he does that, like, they would lose this game. Like, even if he still shot efficiently, but, 
you know, he just scored 27. You know, he just wasn't on in God mode. He was just like really good. So like that, like I'm just curious, like, are they gonna be able like Luca's gonna eventually, right? Not score 30 points, 35 points. He's gonna probably have a normal 20 point game coming up soon. And can the rest of the team pick up the slack? Cause I mean, it's really I mean, it's Luca, it's Dinwiddie, and then it, you know, if it if it's wood, cool. But after that, like the scoring just just plummets and guy and it's not just like it'd be one thing if it was guys making shots they're just not shooting a lot but like Hardaway shooting a decent amount Kleba shooting a decent amount Bullock shooting a decent amount they're not making shots um so that's that's worrying but on the other end of the spectrum like you know those Josh Green minutes were really nice and I felt like again you're gonna have to correct me if I'm wrong it felt like they kind of let him this was the first game they kind of left him on the floor maybe a little bit longer to take advantage of the impact he was making, you know, correct me. Yes. And he sort of suffered a little bit too, because he was out there during the run to start the fourth quarter where the Raptors made a run, but I don't necessarily feel like he did anything wrong. He played really strong defense during the game. I still sort of like, I struggle with expectations for him because you see sort of people calling for him to start. And I can mainly for who he'd be playing with, but, Luca's so methodical. I don't think you get the most out of Josh Green in a methodical like offense. I think the chaos factor is what helps him benefit. Now, the wide open shots he'd get from Luca might be helpful. He buried one on one three or you know one three on one attempt. He had a dunk and I want to say it was another layup. Yeah, it was it was, it was a layup to end the first quarter. Um, again, in twenty minutes, he scored seven points, had two rebounds, um, and one steal, and so. There's still people are going to crush me for this. There's still more. I I think he needs to do to make a better case. I understand the advanced numbers. I've seen them. I want to see him out on the floor too. I also want to see him do more while he's out on the floor statistically. Now I'm not blind. I've seen a lot of the stuff he's doing. The defense he's playing is really good. Um, The off like the, he is much better at not getting burned on these on these first dribble moves that used to crush him last year. I think his angles and the way he understands what his his man is going to do is a heck of a lot more effective now than what I was seeing last year. It's like everybody's saying, oh, he's a really good defender. It's like, I just didn't see it. I'm, I'm liking it now. Um, he does crash the offensive boards the way Dorian does at times, which is a thing teams are not expecting, um, which is pretty fun. So it's it's there's elements of this Josh Green experience where I think if they build him to 20 minutes a game, they really find 20 minutes a game for him. That's going to be a real boon to the Mavericks as they go through the season. That said, I think everyone sort of needs to tap the brakes on what they're what they're expecting. He's not going to go play 28 to 30 minutes a game. That's something Jason Kidd is not going to do. It's also not something I think that's fair of Josh to expect of Josh Green either. Yeah, that's the part that I'm really like they're you know not trying to say he's a complete player. Obviously, he still has room to grow. Yeah. Part of me is like, what's wrong with the game that he played? Like, if Great. he did what he did tonight, if he can play 15 to 20 minutes where he makes a handful of impactful winning plays, like, that's progress, right? Like, that's I don't exactly right. I don't understand why he needs to do any more than he's doing right now. I don't understand why people want him to start. I don't understand why. Well, they want, want him to play. start because Reggie Bullock's doing a whole bunch of nothing. But he does this every year. I know. This is... <laughs> Like Hardaway and Reggie Bullock scored eight points together on a combined three of 15 shooting like now, that. You see that. And I get the clarion calls for it. Now it's I get the Hardaway stuff. 
because that has a longer track record. He hasn't yeah. played well. Hardaway, Hardaway looks cooked. Yeah, he didn't play well last year. He's not playing well this year. Like Bullock, it's consistent every season. He doesn't shoot well in October and, and November. He turns it on December or January. Like that's just how it is every single season. So we have to give him the benefit of the doubt. Hardaway, I can get, you know, maybe Green taking more of his minutes. But at the end of the day, teams guard him differently. Like, like so it's tough. Like, I just want people to be happy with, like, with what Green yep. is doing. Like, to ask for more or to be disappointed that he's not doing more, getting more opportunity. Like, dude, this guy was not doing anything for his first two years of NBA. Like, like this is progress. Like, yep. I don't know. I just, I feel like it's I'm... Nice. Yeah, I'm totally satisfied with what he's doing. So, uh, so yeah, I mean that's totally fine. Um, I'm trying to and think, it was like yeah, the rotation else. looked good. Pal, like Pal makes a difference as a starter, and I know mm-hmm. people get mad at him, but he's a, and like I think it's okay to like uh, understand that Pal might not be a 16 game player, like a playoff guy that's going to play 26 minutes a night. And I think people let that kind of warp their perception over when he gets burned in the regular season because I think people are like, well, if he can't be a playoff guy, what's the point? And it's like, well, you still got to try to win these games. And, like, <laughs> you know, like it or not, he fits with Luca in the starting lineup. He does good things when he's on the floor in regular season games at least. Like, just take the wins, man. Like, just sure. take the wins, take the production, figure everything out. You know, if we get to the playoffs and he still can't stay on the floor, like, that's – that's a separate conversation. I don't know why people like, it feels like people are mad that he's doing well. Well, and that's, that's just a different weird. thing. I've, I've had this conversation with people who are like, wow, we're going to, what if we get killed by the warriors again in the Western conference finals? And I'm like, did you hear the sentence that you said the beaten, by you know, getting to the Western conference finals sounds pretty awesome. You got to get to the Western conference finals. And it was really, it was interesting. The Valley's pregame show openly address the fact that the Mavericks were starting game poorly. And they talked about that on repeat. And I cannot tell you how refreshing that was to hear um, simply because sometimes we just, you and I and some of the hardcore watchers of the, of this, we'll see these things and get told that it doesn't matter. And it does this in particular does. And so while I personally am, you know, my 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 first inclination is to be like, well, I told you so about JaVale McGee. Like that's like I, I don't I don't want to do that. This figuring out that something wasn't working, trying something new is is nice. I know that we need sample size. I get that part too. It's like, ah, you just can't have enough. But the Mavericks had a, a, a pretty good sample. You know, they've lost three games by a total of 10 points. Okay. This is this is a team to where if you think they're good, there is evidence for them to be real good, real good. So, but the 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 narrow there's a bit of a narrow path for them to being real good, and it's you know using Luka Doncic minutes to the fullest and not getting crushed while he's gone. And they've had these elements where, you know, they're not using Luka Doncic minutes to the fullest when you start games this way. You know, he's the first like leading scorer in the first quarter, and they were they were losing first quarters. That that cannot yeah. happen. Yeah. So it's like so just to see them kind of you know walk away from from this and and choose to do something different at least for one game makes me feel a lot better than I was when they were two and three. Yeah, and I think the nice part is, um, you know, obviously, grand scheme of things, like. 
the person you know you didn't have a lot of, of of money to spend last summer and to use it on a guy that you're already like playing four minutes and all like that conversation but that's not a conversation to have right now like i understand the sure. people mad about that we'll talk about that later um but right now in the, in the in the midst of these games i think what i appreciated was this was a proactive change and i know a lot of people are like well duh they hadn't like it was so obvious and i get it but it and it's, this isn't just a Jason Kidd thing, but NBA coaches are pretty stubborn and they don't make changes very fast for a lot of different reasons. And they've got their own biases and things that they've got to work through and they're managing a locker room and it's not as easy as just replacing these guys like it's a 2K roster. So the fact that he made this switch after a win and didn't wait for the inevitable blowout that they would have suffered with him playing bad. And then it's finally like, okay, now we'll make the switch. Like I, I actually appreciate that from the coaching staff. Like you don't see yep. a ton of coaches make a, a proactive decision this early in the season, despite whatever the data may say. I don't care how obvious it was. These changes usually don't happen no. until something catastrophic happens. Like it's no, like we go off. Like I bitch like four straight podcasts as they lose three of four for like unbelievably frustrating reasons. Like this is nice. Yeah. So all good things. So just if you know, not to necessarily end on a downer, I do think we're we're getting to the like what's wrong with Tim Hardaway stage of things. He's just having an awful season. Um, yeah. Really, no other way about it. And then a much quieter but much more important segment is what is going on with Maxi Kleber. He is, has twelve made field goals on the season and eight turnovers. He's getting wrecked on defense, which is not his thing. And then just looks like a rookie in headlights on offense. He blew two layups this game. He had multiple turnovers, like three turnovers in this game. And he's too important to the Mavericks to play like this. Now, he has a long track record. I expect him to get it together. I'm glad they're surviving kind of ass games from Maxi because, you know, you get Maxi. So let's see here. Maxi, Reggie, and Tim Hardaway were three of 12, uh, four of 19 from the floor. <laughs> With uh, turnovers, with eight, seven turnovers <laughs> between those. Like, like, you can't, you can't do that, guys. Yeah, They're the veterans. Just, this is why people are clamoring for Josh Green. He's scored six points in his last four games. Um, yeah, he's got to be better. Yeah. I think he can be better. Yeah, I mean, we've seen, I mean, he's kind of a streaky player. I mean, we've seen the last couple of seasons. He's, that's just kind of the nature of things and. You know, once you creep past 30, that just for role players, especially, that just becomes harder to maintain. Um, the nice thing is, though, is at least like he played, this was the least amount of minutes I think he's played. Yeah, 17. 17. Yeah. So at least this was one of those things where like he wasn't there and they, they adjusted the rotation. Yep. Like they didn't try to force him to play 28 minutes tonight. Like they were like, okay, he doesn't have it tonight. Let's, you yep. know, Green gets 20, you know. Wood played 23. Wood, yeah, the Wood's a whole different thing that I don't even feel like talking about. Like, he just, (laughs) what are we doing? (laughs) At least he got shots. Like, I've I've kind of, like, let go of the minutes and finishing things, especially after the way that Thunder game ended and the quotes get had. So, as long as he plays, he's getting shots and he's getting, he's scoring buckets. And he had 13 points on eight shots in 23 minutes, which is okay. Like I think I'll live with that for now, and we'll yep. wait. We'll wait for later to, to maybe raise the flag if he's only, if we're what in January and he's still playing like 22 minutes while shooting 
50% from the floor. Wee. <laughs> all right. All right. This was fun. Um, we'll be back the next time the Mavericks play, which it feels like they just never play basketball, which is going to kill me at some point when all these games, when all of a sudden they're playing like eight games in 15 days, which is just <laughs> bound to happen. So like next week they play four times, which is fantastic. Uh, and there's no back. There's only one back to back Wednesday, Thursday ones. They played Monday night against Brooklyn, who uh, KD looked like um, KD looked like Kevin Durant tonight. If any of you missed, he pulled a crossover, which was one of the <laughs> grossest things I've seen in some time. Oh my god, it's an eight forty five tip. What are we doing, <laughs> Mark Cuban? What are we? It's an eight forty five no. Monday night game. I'm sure that's a national TV game. It's not. It's not? No. Because oh. I'm looking at the ESPN schedule right now. Tyler Tyler Adams told me about this, and I was like, what's he talking about? Sure, it's national TV, and it's not. Oh, my God. Oh, that's weird. Oh, well, you know, it wouldn't be a Mavs Moneyball podcast if we didn't end with me bitching about something. But there we go. <laughs> um, we'll be back on Monday night. Uh, join, uh, you know, please uh, come over to the website. We've got a lot of good stuff coming up. We've got a couple of pieces over the weekend I'm looking forward to. Uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Thanks for hanging out.